Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. It's kind of been a minute. Last week was crazy. Uh, high scores, just not so many people got around 100 last week. Uh, how are we going to recover from that? Um... We just take one week at a time, Kevin. This is a this is a marathon. I'm going to get poetic here. This is a marathon. We are in week 22 of the Fantasy Premier League. Uh, things are starting to um, rationalize themselves out here. Hash is a better word. Hash. We'll we use hash. Mm. Not the not the potato, but hash. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm liking what's going on. You know, the the Costa Payet things are interesting right now because. Uh, you know, Payet to isn't owned as to the degree that Costa is, and I, I know I kind of want to get in this because there's a lot of people that are in the conundrum of Costa. Um, it's an easy fix: go get Kane. If you don't own Kane, go get Ibra. If you don't own Ibra, go get Lukaku. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting right now. I like what's going on. I like the parity. I like that you know there's not really much templating going on. Um, the thing I also like is that people are using their wild cards extremely, extremely early. Uh, it seems like everywhere I'm I'm looking on the on the Twitter speak, a lot of people are are wild carding because of the lack of ability to get their roster set to the way they want, and you know the Costa thing didn't help at all either. So it, it's interesting, you know. Uh, I'm I'm excited. This is I'm excited all year. I'm excited for 38 weeks period, but we're only in 22, so you know we're you know 60 percent of the way done. Got 40 percent to go. Yeah. Uh, you raise a couple of very good points. I think both of those things happened after we recorded last week. They so, did. So if if somehow this is the first time you're hearing about it, uh, Diego Costa, there were a lot of rumors about whether he was going to China, if that's what unsettled him, why he had this huge fight with Conte. And then apparently he just had a back injury. He returned to training today, which is interesting. Um, you're, you're a Chelsea fan. Are, are you trusting that he's back in training so everything's okay? Or would you still make that lateral move to Kane that you mentioned? Uh, I, I found it interesting that I, I was reading some of the, the Chelsea beat writers and, you know, those are the guys that have their thumb on the thing, you know, all these rumors and all their speculation sites. Uh, I, I tend to trust beat writers like I do in any other fantasy format, you know, baseball especially. Um, <clears throat> you know, in years past, um, players have had the ability to complain to Abramovich and have him step in and quell the situation. And from my understanding is that Abramovich has given Conte complete control over player and player attitude, player, you know, siding of this. So basically Diego Costa is going to have to, you know, they're going to have to kiss and make up here. There's no way to, to, to sugarcoat it that he's basically going to have to go in, apologize and, and continue to perform on the, on the field during practice. 
Because I think that's the problem I think that Conte has with Diego Costa. I think there's probably something that is a miss at practice that he's missing, you know, the effort level that he that Conte requires. So I, you know, just because he's back at training doesn't mean you know that he's that he's gonna he's gonna be automatically in the starting the starting eleven. From a fantasy perspective, if you own Diego Costa right now, I would probably just not have him on my roster to ship him out. There's too many neutral options or you know playable options that are at a similar salary. I said a bream. Uh, uh, Hello, Zlatan, Kane. Uh, you know you could down downshift to Lukaku, who has excellent Even pictures Giroud coming has up. Been doing well, although he might be injured. Absolutely. I mean, there there's playable options, so don't shorthand yourself. You don't want eleven million dollars or ten dot whatever he is now sitting on your bench and not being able to play for a week. That's that's just an abundant amount of funds that you're not playing, and you're basically handicapping yourself. You know, wait wait the week to see what happens, and then there'll be another week of news to back up if he's going to be in the squad because. This is something that they're going to say out in public that, okay, yes, he's going to play. They're not going to keep this from public because there's too much of a hot-button issue right now for them not to say that yay or nay, he's not going to play. So if he's going to play, he, he will know. If he's not going to play, we'll probably know as well. So if you own Diego Costa, the move is to just get him off your team right now. You won't be missing much. Uh, you know They're playing Hull this week, so you know the, the scoring could be could be stretched around, you know, but I, I I like that he's back at practice, but I just don't believe that they've you know completely kissed and made up. You know, just just because you know you basically you know crapped in the coach's bed doesn't mean he's necessarily okay because he changed the sheets. Yeah, and then Payet on the other hand, his representatives have been speaking with Marseille. Uh, I am of the opinion that this was his last match uh, for West Ham. Although some West Ham <laughs> people saying that he was given the offer to uh, train with the U23s and uh, work his way back into good graces. Doesn't really seem like the kind of player that's interested in doing that, however. Um, yeah. But either way, you cannot own Dimitri Payet in, yeah. this, in this right now. Yeah, it, and it's funny. I, I've had a off off topic uh, discussion in other formats, play Taga to be exact. Um, you know, because I own I own Dimitri Payet because he's an asset in play Taga. He's a one of the top three or four players. You know, for accumulating points in in a, in a Taga format. And you know it's an interesting conundrum for me because I've been getting you know trade offers. I've gotten three or from three or four from separate managers, you know. It, but I'm almost to the ilk that uh, I'd rather go down with the ship and get nothing than basically take you know 25 to 30 percent of what I'm getting offered. You know, I I, I don't believe that Payet is going to play for West Ham ever again. Um, unfortunately for me, I, you know, I basically lose my first round pick. But you know, in formats like that, you know, I mean. Is it worth trading your best player and getting some decent return or, you know, just swallowing the bullet and be like, oh, well, you know, I got screwed. I, I, I'm leaning towards the side where I'm just screwed because I'd rather it's an easier pill for me to swallow than trade trading than like trading Dimitri Payet. Yeah. For like, you know, you know, Chick Quixote or, you know, somebody somebody awful, a Tom Davies, even though he's get, getting a lot of love right now. But you know what I'm saying? But like, I'd rather just wait and just take take it basically take it in the pooper. <laughs> oh, that's graphic um, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you there on Payet he's not really a viable option uh, in this format and I can't understand why you'd want to hold on in, uh, to him until we have official news uh, about whether he will or will not stay with West Ham United um, alright there's a lot of other stuff uh, going on at the moment uh, yeah. importantly uh, we've got some price changes but I know there was something else you wanted to do so I well, guess I'll just kind of yeah. turn the reins over and see what you do next yeah, there's a couple things I wanted to touch on, and I didn't want you to lead with it because you are a Spurs fan. Um, how do you think Spurs will be affected by the Jan Vertonghen uh, injury since he's been yeah. uh, determined that he's going to be about eight to ten weeks approximately? 
I, I know that they are they are a good unit when they all you know are in flux together. You know when they have Walker, Rose, Vertonghen, and and Toby in the middle. Uh, I like when they I like when they're all together. They seem to play a good system defense. You know the yeah. the wing the defensive wings play up and the guys the center backs defend. That's basically what they're supposed to do. You you know what do you see from a fantasy perspective? Anybody stepping in there that you would want to maybe roster? Would it be a Ben Davis or you know a Kevin Vimmer sighting maybe again? Yeah, I mean those are the two names that are being bandied about: Ben Davis and Kevin Vimmer. Um, everybody's kind of assuming it's going to be Ben Davis. With the argument being he's played in a back three for Wales before and done a good job. And he did do well deputizing for uh, Vertonghen in that match. But if you're using that as your argument, you have to realize that Vimmer was not on the bench uh, for that mm-hmm. match. So we, we didn't see Davis picked over him unless your argument is that you saw Davis picked over him on the team sheet to begin with. Um, we obviously trust Kevin Vimmer a lot. He was huge for us last season when Vertonghen was about out for the same period of time. Um, he also missed about eight matches last season. So it's going to be one or the other. I, I really wish they could come on this show and say, it's definitely Kevin Vimmer. It's definitely Ben Davis because whichever one it ends up being is immediately valuable. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're at 4.5 and 4.6. Yeah, they're both uh, miles. Good, good entry points for a, for a, Into a Spurs defense, defender. Which yeah. is the best in the league and continued to be the best in the league last season, even without Vertonghen. Mm-hmm. Now, in real-life football... This defense is worse without a player like Anne Vertonghen. But for your mm-hmm. fantasy purposes, it doesn't dent your value that much, especially considering you're going to be able to get them for, you know, the price of the Bournemouth defenders who've been awful lately. Um, being able to bring in somebody like that, or like Cedric Price, being able to bring in somebody in literally the league's best defense is obviously very valuable. <laughs> what I would say, though, is wait and see how it pans out this week. Like, don't make that move this week. See how it works out. Worst case, you miss it by point one. Um, once you see how, how we shape up, um, personally, I think I'm going to hold on to my free transfer this week. And then basically when lineups are announced, mm-hmm. you know, maybe make a move then, or at least that, that Saturday, uh, mm-hmm. after that match against city. Um, and then make my, my double move then, uh, just yeah. to be sure that I can seal in that Tottenham player to low price. But, but I think you'd agree, whichever one ends up getting the job immediately has a lot of value. Yeah, they do. I, I agree with you. And, you know, in real life, you know, we could see a little bit of Eric Dyer mixed in as well. But I don't know. Well, it's, it's going to be a back three. So I think Dyer is still there, but he's still listed as a midfielder, which sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah Next year when he's a defender again and ends up being a midfielder again, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, very true. So well, I touched on it before when I said a lot of people are, are using their wild cards. Uh, there's a lot of guys that I that I see. I list. I broke it down three ways. They either have the similar points on the season – uh, they're equally hot right now. Have upcoming fixtures favorable in their in their you know in their category here, or on the are they on the same team? So basically, I gave I did like five five to six or seven different guys in pairings of two, and uh, I just want to run them by Kevin here. To, to you don't have to give me a long winded answer. I just want to say I'm just going to throw the names out. You tell me who you prefer and why. That's it. Okay. All right. So we'll start we'll start up front. I got a couple up front, couple in the middle, and one in the one in the back. So. This guy's pretty hot, and the other guy has has really great upcoming fixtures coming up. Uh, Peter Crouch or Solomon Rondon? Oh man, the prices are pretty varied here. Um, yeah, absolutely. I I'd honestly, and this depends on your team makeup. We actually talked about this before we started recording. That I'm so comfy with my five midfielders this week that I've mm-hmm. entertained bringing in Peter Crouch, and I think for that value, because either one of these guys is going to be your third forward, and either one of them is a goal gamble. Crouch has three in his last three. 
I mean, three and two, yeah, three yeah. goals, two assists in his last three. Right. So, and, and I think he's had four matches uh, that mm-hmm. he's been starting. I, I just listen. I love the run that West Brom are about to have, um, but I, I am a little discouraged because they just did not show up against Tottenham. And I kind of like what we've seen from Stoke. It looks like Arnautovic is coming back into the fold. Joe Allen is getting to play a little bit further forward again, where he was much more decisive. Um, disappointing that it looks like Bojan Bojangles is on his way out, although he might go to Boro, who struggled to create chances. So that's a move that might help both teams. But uh, if Crouch is going to be tipping the spear here for Stoke, and he's your third midfielder, and the point of the third midfielder is, is he better than your fifth mid? Uh, if, sorry, your third forward, and is he better than your fifth midfielder? I don't see why you'd need to spend an extra, what would that be, like 2.4 or something? 2.4, 2. 2. yeah, something yeah. like that. So, yeah, for me, it's it's. I can't believe I'm saying this, like five years on from when it used to matter. Yeah. I, I think I'm going Peter Crouch. Yeah, Peter Crouch is nailed on right now. I, I, I brought that one up. I wanted to put that one first because I think Peter Crouch is the perfect third striker right now. I think Stoke rotates very well with whoever you may have as your fifth midfielder. Period. That's the only. And look what Peter Crouch is going to start. Continue to start for Stoke as long as he gets goals and assists, and Stoke has positive results. Period. Yeah. That's 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 the end. Of, that's the end of the discussion. And at his price in the fours for a striker is is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. All right. So so moving on to the next one. Since since this guy's back from injury now, and he seems to be you know I think back in the fray for Liverpool. Philippe Coutinho or Adam Lallana? Yeah. I mean, this is an interesting one. They. Didn't really look that great against uh, Manchester United. And the main concern that I had was that Lalana was playing in the front three again, mm-hmm. which is where he used to be awful. He'd been playing much better when he was playing more centrally in, in the middle, midfield three because they've been playing a 4-3-3. I really don't like how he looked. But Coutinho as a sub really didn't look great either. Nope. Um, man, I'd almost just say no. I mean Coutinho of the two. If, you, yeah. if you're saying Coutinho in position or Lalana out of position, I'm taking Coutinho every time, even with the price difference. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm really not feeling Liverpool right now. Yeah, I, I I'd probably st- I'd probably lean both if you could if you could afford them. I'd probably say both. Really? Only because only because both of them are such assets in Liverpool's system, and I think Lalana is going to push a little more forward now. That what we saw last week against United, he was kind of playing in that reserve role he wasn't really ahead of the ball as much as i thought he would be with Mane going to afcon and now coutinho is probably back into that fit 90 full 90 range i think i think coutinho is definitely a good buy this week and you can it, it's attested by how many people have brought him in look how many people brought him in this week he's one of the most transferred in players uh and, and lalana is 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 cheaper and people have seen what they can get out of lalana and i think that that's the enticing factor there liverpool does score goals they are going to be you know included in a lot of their goals so i say if you can afford both absolutely get both but not at the cost of of dropping somebody else that may just be as usefully equal you know equally and we've we've talked about in past shows that they have this really annoying fantasy schedule coming up we're like Mm -hmm. this week it's swansea which is great next week it's chelsea that's awful the week after that it's hull which is great then it's tottenham which is awful and they just kind of have this like wax on wax off Mm -hmm. uh situation which just makes i I don't know if i could own multiples of liverpool just because if if you own Coutinho and Lalana and you somehow get stuck with them because of an injury or something next week, are you really going to start two che- two Liverpool players against Chelsea? Because that Probably feels like not. you're just locking yourself into four points. Nope, you're not going to. I mean, their 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 names are have enough value that you probably could swallow the pill pushing you know confirm on your roster. But they probably will give you minimal returns at best against the, against a Chelsea yeah, like, squad, which, I think, which is bad. I think seven points is a good scenario for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
All right, moving on. Uh, Pedro or Mikel Antonio. And before you say that, Ooh. their price disparity is eight is seventeen points this year in Antonio's favor. Yeah. I mean, I, we were talking a little bit earlier about the fact that Pedro got very lucky because he mm-hmm. had just lost his job to Willian. Yep. And all this cost and nonsense happened, and all of a sudden there's a position that he can play in again. Um, Both of these guys benefit from the Payet and Costa Costa thing. True. Because Antonio last week looked better than, better of a facil- facilitator than I've seen from him all year. He basically looked spry in the ball, looked open in play, looked very aware of what, what was going on around him. I mean, look, look what happened. He got three assists. I mean, obviously he was involving his teammates, so he's going to have the ball at his feet a lot. And, you know, we've seen what he could do with his head. So, I mean, if he's good, if he's any good with his feet, you know, he's probably going to get some goals and some assists. That's my standpoint. And Pedro is going to slide right into an alternating role, probably with Hazard up top. I, we saw Hazard last week against Leicester. I think we see Pedro up top this week against Hull. So, I mean, they both are going to benefit there. But the whole thing is, who are you going to choose? Yeah. Um, Antonio's cheaper, right? Uh, yes, by point two. Yeah, I, I honestly think I'd go Antonio. I, I keep sleeping on him. Mm-hmm. Um, basically ever since he got turned into a full-time right back last season, I kind of lost interest. And uh, to be fair, I've watched some West Ham matches this season. I couldn't still, I still couldn't tell you where he's quote unquote supposed to play. Cause it kind of ends up. He's everywhere. a rover. He's a rover. <laughs> Send uh, red rover on over. Um, yeah. but I mean, you can't argue with what's been happening with him, man. The Just, funny, funny thing is I still think he's criminally, criminally underpriced and underowned in, in the phase of Premier League. I, I think I that he's think, an unknown element, though, because you don't know where he's playing. You don't know where the assists are going to come from because mm-hmm. Carroll hadn't been people, scoring and now Payet yeah. isn't there. But And I think people are shying away from him even more because Payet is gone. So they're like, well, the guy who used to get him the ball is gone. So, you know, from that standpoint, I think Antonio is, is a solid buy this week. I think no I'm problem. taking Antonio, and I'll tell you what I think the difference is for me. And it's that regardless of what happens with Payet, mm-hmm. Antonio is going to play and rack up some points. Yep. If Costa comes back and William keeps playing the way he is, Pedro might not be playing. Yep. And so I guess on oh, that balance of safety, I take Solid. Antonio. But that, that's a good one, though. Solid point. Uh, we'll do one. We'll do one more. Uh, we'll do do more forwards. People like people who touch the ball and score the ball. You, you mentioned Olivier Giroud, so I'm going to bring one. I'm going to put one in with Olivier Giroud. Would you like the the hot and coldness of an Arsenal striker or the consistency of a Jermaine Defoe? Well, I currently own Olivier Giroud, so it would feel uh, <laughs> dishonest to just blatantly say Defoe. Um, I, I just don't really trust what's going on at Sunderland at the moment. Giroud is in a very uh, good streak, which he tends to be in. This injury is a little concerning. If I do do the crouch move, it would be to bring in Harry Kane on the other side. Um, but like I said, my other my other strat is holding on to my transfers and then getting Vimmer in next week. So uh, currently, I have Giroud in. I'm semi-confident that he'll still play at the weekend. If not, it'd bring in Origi off my bench, who somehow has managed to keep his head while I've been swinging an axe through my old team. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think I take Giroud, even though he is more costly. Mm-hmm. I, I just trust this Arsenal attack to create goals so much. And low though I am to admit it, Giroud is a decent passer of the ball. So sometimes when he's not scoring, he is still assisting. Um, so I, I just think that the, the floor is higher with Giroud. Yeah, I, I would probably go with uh, Vanilla in Jermaine Defoe. Mm. Four goals in his last three. Here's his next 
10 games, Kevin. West Brom, Spurs, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Everton, City, Borough, Burnley, Wadford, and then at Leicester. Those are his next 10 games. Yeah, there are three defenses in there. Middlesbrough are sneaky good. West sneaky Brom good, okay. yeah. We're good. But yeah, City are garbage now. Yeah. Oh, by the way, in case people were wondering what I really consider bringing in Kane this week, uh, have you seen Manchester City? Yeah, they're awful. <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen Claudio Bravo try to hump a football? Yeah, like he City sucks. are no longer a deterrent. City are now a positive. Yeah, like absolutely. you can aim to bring in players playing against Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like triple stack yourself up, but I mean, yeah, there's there's definitely bits to put do to do there. But I mean, looking at Jermaine Defoe's schedule, his price tag seven point nine. I mean, he's basically the like the consistency of consistency. I mean, he gives you you know goals. He gives you basically that's it. But I'm saying. He isn't going to hurt you anywhere. I mean, I, I would le- I would lean the consistency over you know I, I don't want to say Olivier Giroud is a flash in the pan because that's a, that's an insult because he is a, he is a phenomenal player. But I, I would go with consistency and and the price savings there. I know I, I just went with because Defoe's hot, Giroud's semi hot. You know, so D- Jermaine Defoe is pretty much the if, if you're not gambling on a third third forward and you know you have Ibra Kane, you know Aguero anybody else, Lukaku, and you, you just like consistency from your third stri- third striker. Defoe is the, the pure definition of your third striker at a semi-discount that allows you to bring in your, you know, your, a good rotation for a fifth midfielder that you can, you know, swip and swap with. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and that concludes the buys and no's from, from, from Rob today. <laughs> Love it. We, we should get a jingle for that. Yeah, we, we should do that more often, only because it, it, it jumps in with, with players who are hot. You know, it, it takes into account the transfer market, um, and then it's a great segue into uh, price changes, which hey. we're gonna which we're gonna do right now, which is an awesome thing because people people pine for this kind of thing. Look at that segue from you. You know, um, so on the price ups, uh, start in defense. No keepers have gone up, though. I believe Jakubovic is close to going up. Since he's back in goal at Hull and his price of 3.9 is very cozy for a lot of people. Uh, on defense, Ben Mee has gone up. Burnley has two consecutive cleans. I think people are just buying into that too much. Um, the next two I'll put together because uh, they're a pair of Everton defenders. Uh, Ashley Williams has gone up and Mason Holgate has gone up. Uh, I wrote in my, my article on Raswell.com for the transfer transfer ideas of the week. I think Mason Holgate is the best 4.1 defender in the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. Um you know the thing I like about the Everton Everton duo is their next games: Crystal Palace, Stoke, Bournemouth, Borough, Sunderland. Um, I think this is a as a as an anti play on Leighton Baines. Need, you know, Leighton Baines is in the mid fives. Williams is at five. Holgate is four dot one. Um, the only thing that I don't like about them is if you combine their bonus points for the year, it equals Seamus Coleman at at five. Yeah. Uh, Seamus Coleman has five. Uh, I'm sorry, eight points. All eight bonus points between the two of them. Williams has five. Holgate has three. The good thing about the weird thing about Holgate is he's played well the last couple games that he's actually gotten into into yeah. the run. He's only he, his bonus points were in the first three weeks of the game. First first three weeks of the season. Oh right, because Baines wasn't fit yet. Yep. So. Yeah. You know, if you can't afford Baines and what Baines does offensively and gives you as a defender, you know, he does take PKs occasionally, takes free kicks, takes corners. Baines is the guy to own there, but if you want to go in the you know the opposite route, Williams I, Williams is probably the third choice. I'd probably take Holgate at the savings because I, I you know everybody likes shaving bucks and I do too. Yeah. Uh, also on defense, the last one, Callum Chambers. Uh, Burrow has an, a pretty good schedule coming up: West Ham, West Brom, Spurs, Everton. That's 
not very enticing to me. Uh, I understand why people are buying into it because I think Middlesbrough is now in the top five defensively. I, yeah, I could be yeah, mistaken. They just, they just five, yeah. yeah, so I mean, I get why people are doing it. And at 4.5, he is, is that middle bargain that you could get. And Burrow, they do play good defense, So, but their schedule upcoming are playing against teams that, that can score and can score goals in, in multiples. West Ham can, Spurs can, Everton can. So yeah. it's not something to keep, uh, you know, don't rely on Burrow. Maybe as a rotational thing, sure. Uh, through the midfield, we got Pedro, who we just talked about ad nauseum. He's, people are bringing him in a lot because I think he's the great cost of insurance. That's what he is. He's cost of insurance at midfielder that you can get for you know three million dollars cheaper. Is basically exactly what he is. Hmm. Um, Philippe Coutinho has gone up. It's full bore. Unleash the beast in Philippe Coutinho this week. I said last week you should wait a week. Uh, he's gone up in price. So basically, if you waited for the games to end and he brought him in after the games were up, yay, you netted point one. Uh, also on the up, a pair of Spurs. It's these guys are, are bizarrely, bizarrely alike this year. Price wise, both at eight point seven. Mm-hmm. Points on the season, hundred and twenty one apiece. Yeah. Eric and Ali. Yeah. The thing about the thing that uh, is a little bit different, and Ali has taken over him in, in the last four weeks because of what he's been doing. Their ownership is now in both in the mid teens mid teens <laughs> and low twenties. Erickson's at fifteen point eight percent. Ali's in the t- low twenties, so you know, I think people are just buying into the goals, and he's still being in transferred in a lot. So people are still buying into the the Ali love, which you know you're probably two weeks, two or three weeks late, but mm-hmm. that's fine. I mean, if you still I mean, believe Tottenham in it, literally have the most goals over the last five weeks with sixteen. Yep. So I, if you had either, things have been going well because what is it? Erickson has like uh, three two assist games in his last yep. five. Yep. Yeah, it's just absolutely bonkers yeah, what Erickson has crazy. been doing. They're both on form. Uh, while I agree with you that the goals may dry up for Della sooner rather than later, although he did put a beautiful ball in the net against West Brom that was just offside mm-hmm. um, and then had that ridiculous scooped assist to Kane. Um, the assist was what my point was in my article last week, which was that Della is actually has a lower chance creation percentage this year than last year. Um, so if that normalizes, it might mitigate some of that drop from the goals. Cause I yeah. agree with you that he's not going to keep scoring at that rate, but I think he's going to create at a higher rate, um, which makes him, it makes him interesting. I mean, it, it almost feels like, uh, third party candidates in the U S yeah, that, I that mean, makes sense. Whichever one you're picking is detracting from the whole because yeah. there's not a differential here. You mentioned their ownerships are similar, their prices are similar, their points are similar. So if you want one of them, I guess just pick the one you want. But there might be better options out there. I mean, Tottenham are scoring loads of goals right now. Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be a formational shift because of the Vertonghen injury. Maybe they'll switch back to just four at the back to put Vimmer in. Maybe it'll keep being a three at the back. Maybe they'll do the Ben Davis thing. Um but for now, I mean, you you can own either of them and not feel bad about it, obviously. Yeah, there is no wrong answer here. It's like, you know, you can color outside the Scantron thing and you're still going to get it right here. <laughs> yeah. um, and also, so if you're looking at the matchup things, the fact that when you look at it, there are two red lists or two red names in the fixtures and it's City and Liverpool means that they never update those because I am yeah. afraid of neither of those matchups. Yeah, they're both they're both awful. Uh, I mean, the, Liverpool's not as bad as city is, but they're still not anywhere close to being like, Oh, they're playing Liverpool. Let me sit on my yeah. guys. But oh, um, I have, I have two things to say. Uh, one about that. Um, what do you do about James Milner? I mean, is he now ownable just because he takes penalties? 
Well, I've said I've said He's all top along. five if, in crosses. Like if you if you like guys, if you if you're in a league that that counts the you know the secondary stats, James Milner is awesome for you. In, in the official game, you know, if he qualified where he played on the pitch, he would be a top two or three scoring defender. Yeah, because of the the points awarded for defender goals, the clean sheets that he he would be ascertaining. There's not many, but I'm just saying that the, you know they do they do accumulate and. Yeah. You know he does take penalties and he doesn't miss penalties, which is pretty good. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I. But it feels I hate, like a no in the official yeah. game. Still no. No, I, I wouldn't. I mean, there's too many better options based on around his price. I mean, you could either you know pay down and get a junior Stanislaus or buy into you know the Snodgrass, Joe Allen, anybody in that you know Matt Phillips under the in the fives or you know there's similar players around him that you could probably gamble on in the sixes. Yeah. But yeah, just just because he takes PKs doesn't doesn't you know doesn't tilt my apple cart. Fair enough. And then the other thing I was going to ask you uh, about Holgate is how many dentists do you think recommend him? Um, I'm going to say uh, nine out of ten dentists recommend Holgate for a good defensive, you know, clean sheet. <laughs> I, I buried that joke because you were on a roll, but I, I yeah. really wanted to make that joke. <laughs> Kaiser Kaiser roll. Yeah. There you go. All right. So <laughs> on to the forwards. Uh, Peter Crouch, we talked about him. Three three and two. Three goals, two assists in his last three. Seems to be in the starting lineup from here on at, from here until he says he can't or gets injured. Um, you know, at his price, he's pretty much a, a big buy for me. Um, you, he allows you to basically get Hazard and Sanchez in the midfield if that's how you want to play your roster. Um, Jermaine Defoe went up. Uh, he keeps putting a little, putting along. Seven dot nine. He'll be at eight probably by game time this next week. Uh, Twelve goals on the season. He's owned in thirty percent. He's in the top th- top four ownership for forwards right now. And then Harry Kane has gone up as well. Uh, One hundred and ten thousand transfers in. His price is eleven dot one. Ownership is only eighteen point eight percent, which is less than Jermaine Defoe. But he's probably going to be above twenty before game times because I think more people are getting away from Diego Costa or. Waiting uh, the, the the cost of game here, but you know Harry Kane is pretty much knocked on right now. I I love him. I I brought him. He was my move this week. Um, I had to get rid of Diego because I couldn't sit w- and look at his t- his money in, on my bench again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are the price ups, and then we'll jump right in the price downs. There's not that many price downs this week. There's a lot of names that that kind of suck and don't even play. But I, I touched on a couple. Nathan Ake, fifty seven thousand out. Uh, he he's he's not going to play for Chelsea very often. Uh, Wilfred Zaha has gone down. That's good for you because you know when he comes from Afcon, he's going to be a good buy. He's yeah. currently at five point six. He'll probably go down one more time before Afcon's over. So that's five point five. That's pretty good for yeah. Wilfred Zaha. And it was good seeing Benteke actually show up today in the FA Cup with a brace. Yep. It, yep. It, it's more encouraging for Zaha that at least somebody will be able to put something in the net. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the also on the downs, Kevin De Bruyne, no goals since week five he does have seven assists though so but his price is kind of way out there you know if you're going to be putting you know do a sophie's choice of midfielders and you get to pick two out of three sanchez hazard or kevin de bruyne you're definitely not taking the belgian ah you see what i did there because there's two that's pretty funny hey. <laughs> uh so uh, also on the downs etienne capu because duh uh dimitri payette you know he's in the weeds somewhere complaining going to Marseille probably and then Diego Costa went down twice but don't fret he's locked now because he has gone down twice so he cannot go down again during this week so if you're sitting there and looking at him his his price of whatever he whatever he is is locked up right now so you're you're safe for till you know Saturday at least at the very least (laughs) so that so that handles price ups price downs 
and uh, that was fun. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for engaging us like that. Uh, no, commercial. Oh, commercial. yeah. Let's do a commercial. commercial. How about it? Commercial. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, and now we're back. Look at that. Just just, just in a flash. Hey, you know what? If you heard a commercial there, tweet us about it. Because sometimes the people that uh, we work with for commercials don't tell us when we have sponsors. So uh, be kind and rewind. Or let, let us know if you heard an ad in your area. Um... The other uh, thing we obviously need to do is a little bit of start-sit action. Um, I'll take the lead. You already mentioned him in price-ups. I don't think anybody's going to be surprised by this bias. But uh, Harry Kane is just one goal behind the league leaders, despite having missed five Premier League matches with injury earlier in the season. Uh, He has the best um, fantasy points per minute, 12.9. He has the best goals per minute at uh, .86 in his career. And his shot accuracy is exactly on average uh, with his career. So, like, none of this is unsustainable, uh, which you got to love. And we've seen what he does in the second half of seasons uh, in the past. So, Harry Kane right now is somebody that I think you have to own. I already mentioned Tottenham, the most goals over the last five with 16, plus 13 goal difference is just nuts. Um, so, anyway, I think Harry Kane is somebody you definitely need to look at. Uh, you did mention Rondon earlier. I do also like him a little bit. And Crouch, you don't love the matchup, but at the price, while he's on form like this, it's hard to say no. Uh, in midfield, I, I need you to talk me off a ledge. Because the midfielder I've chosen to speak of is Ross Barkley. Bum, bum, bum. I, th- I thought we were done with him, man. But now, he's gone yeah. out. Uh, two goals, two assists in his last five. I don't, don't know if you know do this. It. He sneakily got back into the top five in key passes. So now he's finally creating again. I mean, Morales is also a good option. But um, 
the Barkley thing is kind of like the Erickson thing. I, I mentioned earlier this season, there were two weeks where the stats pointed to Erickson turning things around, and I didn't talk about it because he was playing like garbage, and I didn't think it was real. <laughs> and then he's doing what he's doing now. So now I feel honor-bound to tell you guys, the stats say that this Barkley turnaround is real. <laughs> Decide to believe it at your own peril, but I'm no longer going to withhold information because of my bias. So I'm letting you guys know the Barkley stats are good, as are the Morales stats, and uh, they only have one top 10 defense that they'll face in their next five matches. Coleman looks like he has this team kind of buzzing at the moment. Lukaku has looked great. Tom Davis has to be given a shout. Um, I think he started the last three for them, and he has a mm-hmm. goal and an assist in the last two. Um this Everton machine starting to finally look decent. You already mentioned some of the defenders earlier. Um, I don't, I'm sure you remember this. Like the first five or six weeks of the season, they had a top five defense mm-hmm. and they kind of like tanked. The ability is there. And if Everton start turning it on, all of a sudden a lot of interesting players become, uh, of note. Uh, in defense, I'm going to talk about an individual player first, which is, uh, Valencia at Manchester mm-hmm. United. I don't know if you know this, but after that, uh, game of hoofball against Liverpool, Valencia now has the most successful crosses in the Premier League. Manchester United looking a lot better. And four of the next five are against bottom ten attacks for Manchester United. So you got to like the the <laughs> paths of all of those things. Um, other defenses you like. Uh, you got to like West Brom against Sunderland. Although maybe not because they're going to score one. <laughs> Chelsea against Hull. Arsenal against Burnley. Southampton against Leicester's away attack who are still garbage. I know Southampton have started conceding goals for fun. But it's, it's, uh, what was that thing from the other week? The, uh, uh, movable force versus the stoppable yeah. object or yeah. whatever that was. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of an interesting one. Um, but yeah, I think Middlesbrough, I trust against West Ham, even though they scored. It, it's a whole lot of matchups that I personally like, but maybe don't look great on paper. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely heavy. It's, there's like three, three matchups that I love. Liverpool, Swansea, Arsenal, Burnley, Chelsea Hall. Yeah. And then there's like three matchups that are, that could go either way. Bournemouth, Watford, Middlesbrough, West Ham, West Brom, Sunderland. Yeah. Those are the three matches. I could see them be going either way. Yeah. So just kind of keep an eye on those, but this is going to be an interesting week. And you know what? This is a week where you're probably not benching most of your guys because you mm-hmm. probably don't own a Burnley Hall or Swansea defender. At least, oh God, I hope you don't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I, I think everybody's just going to start the guys that they have. Don't worry about transferring your defenders because all of them have winnable matchups. Mm-hmm. It's just whether or not they, you know, do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how I, I, I'm viewing those defenses this week. Uh, Rob, over to you. Who you got? Uh, I start on defense. Uh, I'm a bigger believer in Bournemouth defenders only because I like them because they get more, they're more offensive. Adam Smith basically plays an advanced role, so he's a good one. Uh, but my favorite is Charlie Daniels. Watford is just bad. They're extremely bad at, at defending against offensive mid, uh, defenders as well. Um, there's a metric that I saw that they just suck at the overlapping players. And Charlie Daniels does take some free, you know, set pieces, free kicks, blah, blah, blah. And he's got a cool name, and he grew up down with the devil in Georgia. Uh, on the midfield, was he looking uh, I like for a soul to steal. Yeah, totally. And, <laughs> and through the midfield, I like her Everton call. Uh, I wasn't brave enough and ballsy enough and betraying me enough to say <laughs> that I would go Russ Barkley. But I'm looking at Kevin Morelish. I think the fact he's, I, I Kevin Morelish is one of those players him that from me and Taga. I thought yeah. waivers cleared on Thursday. Yeah, so I was gonna pick him up. That was a whole. Yeah, thing. sorry, man. Um, but yeah, Kevin Morelish to me is one of those guys who looks. On, he looks worldly for one or two games. 
I'm hoping he does. This isn't the case because, like Kevin just said, I just picked him up in our Targa League, and I, I'm liking whatever it has. Look at their upcoming games: Crystal Palace, Stoke, Bournemouth, Borough, Sunderland. Those are the next games uh, that, that they don't scare me at all. There's a lot of teams in there that are okay defensively, like Borough, but they do like to concede goals. They're just better defensively than people think they are. Uh, I also like Mikel Antonio this week. Uh, he's like he's a big contributor from the Payet uh, absence, so I think that's a good thing. Uh, on my forward. I mentioned him before. I mentioned him. I think I mentioned him twice already. Jermaine, De, Jermaine Defoe. Um, look, look at the. Just look at Stokes' upcoming. I mean, yeah, Sunderland's upcoming fixtures. It is pretty, pretty, pretty okay. First, compared, to, considering that they're 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 Sunderland. You know, at West Brom, home versus Spurs, at Crystal Palace, home versus Southampton, at Everton, home versus Man City, at Middlesbrough are their next eight games. That's not awful. Sunderland will probably net some goals in there. And Jermaine Defoe likes to net goals. He's got 12 for a team that doesn't score very often. So if they do score, he's usually the guy who's scoring it. So when you when you're watching the scoreboard and you see a one next to Sunderland, just assume it's Jermaine Defoe. Uh, we'll jump right into my sits, only because I'm going to pick on one team and one team only this week, and they play United uh, on defense. Uh, I don't like any Stoke defender this week. I think I think United's going to come out and score some goals. I think they weren't very happy with last week's result against Liverpool with a one-one. Uh, I think they're going to take it to Stoke's defense this week and definitely not going to keep it clean. So Stoke defenders are a blah. Uh, through the midfield, I'm staying with Stoke, all three. So Joe Allen is my my sit through the midfield. I know Kevin mentioned he is getting more forward. His price tag is 5.3, so he's a cheap option there. He's not as good as Junior Stanislaus, but he's still he's still in that price range. Fun, oddly enough, Joe Allen is the ninth highest owned midfielder at 12.5%. Yeah. So. Uh, from that standpoint, going against United, I'm sitting the, the top, not you know, the, the ninth most owned midfielder in the in the official game. And then on forward, we've talked ad nauseum about him. This is probably the Peter Crouch podcast. Uh, he'll probably get into the into the name of the of the podcast somehow because we've talked about him so much. I just don't love him this week. This is the perfect week why you should have a playable fifth midfielder. For if you own Peter Crouch, yeah, like this is this is the only week I will ever advise buying a player and not playing him. Yes, his price is there because he's gonna go he's gonna go up again before before for the sure. game week start. So you're gonna buy in now, save save the penny, and then sit on him again, and then look at their upcoming fixtures that he's got going forward, and then he's a playable option, and then he isn't, and then he's a playable option for a couple, and then he isn't. Listen, Peter Crouch is one of those guys that you can afford to buy into because of his price, and then move somewhere else because. You probably are saving money somewhere else because you're not spending, you're not buying Peter Crouch for 4.9 and then spending all of your abundant kitty through the midfield. It's impossible because if you're downshifting from Diego Costa to Peter Crouch, you're basically saving $5 million. You're not upgrading a midfielder in your midfield for $5 million and spending all your money. Basically, what I'm saying is don't spend all your money that you that you buy Peter Crouch yeah. and save. Yeah, with I think you need to leave someone enough else. to get back up to around six. You need because you if, need, if like, Crouch yeah. ended up like losing that starting job. There's not really anybody that can yeah. help you out down there. Like at least have like an escape valve up to like Abel Hernandez or something like that. Yeah, I would. I would say have enough money to get back up to Solomon Rondon is the best. Is the best advice. Oh, all the way up to the sevens. Interesting. Six six dot eight or whatever he is. Yeah. Oh, is so, six, yes. So. I think he's six. Yeah, eight. he's six eight. Yeah, you're right. So so that would be two dot eight in the bank if you that that would be two five maybe in there somewhere in there. Mm. There's playable options, but. I'm staying away from Stoke this week. I, I didn't like what United did last week. I stayed away from everybody that week last week in that game because usually the big games are a complete letdown from fantasy. And this week, I think United just take it to the Stoke, and I don't think Stoke does much. Yeah, 
fair, fair enough uh, there from you. Uh, for me, for my sits, I'll start with the forward, and it's Aguero, who is really more of a don't buy than a sit, but he is so expensive. And you have already mentioned like three times a list of like five forwards that you trust. We're all the way down to Peter Crouchen saying he's working. Abel Hernandez scored two last week, which is why I just name dropped him. I just don't see the point of owning this Aguero right now. And and as I always say, I'd rather be a week late. There's going to be a week here in the next two or three weeks where Aguero goes off for like a hat trick. And everybody's going to panic and bring him in. But for right now, especially this week, going up against Tottenham's league best defense. Like I know they don't have Vertonghen, but this is still a very, very good defensive unit. I'm just not on Aguero yet. And I'm, I'm very glad I didn't panic by him as soon as he was available again. Um, he actually has 14 blanks on the season. And I know some people are going to say, well, that's because he was suspended. But you know what he can't do when he's suspended? Get you any fantasy points. So it's all basically the same. For those that are wondering, it's eight blanks when he has been playing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm off on Aguero right now. Uh, in the midfield, you brought this up last week. I just think it's good to refresh everybody's memory. It's Snodgrass, who had another decent showing, but now they just have like the, the run of fixtures from hell. Four top five defenses in their next five matches. Not top ten. Top five <laughs> they're about to face is absolutely nightmarish. Just because he's Hull's best option, does that mean he's a good fantasy option over the next few weeks? And at the back, you're gonna love this. Charlie Daniels is the defender that I'm sitting and or selling. Uh, Bournemouth have conceded three goals in four of their last five matches. They have the second worst defense over that period. And 25,000 people have brought him in this week. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. I really don't get it. Because I, I've had Adam Smith and watched these freaking zero points roll in when they concede three goals. I, don't, I, I do not think people should be jumping in on the Bournemouth train right now. Well, I mean, they do score goals, but they give some up. I mean, defensively, you're not going to buy right in. But, I mean, there's guys that are pretty much, you know, guys that you could rely on. Charlie Daniels is a top five fantasy defender. I'm sorry. He is. I, I can't get the, past the fact that Bournemouth are garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry well, about that. They are. But they are good for – they are good for – they are fun fan, for fantasy. Yeah. And I still have Adam Smith, and I will for a while because it's going to be hard to shift him out before Cedric. But, um, anyway, yeah, frustrated with him, so – uh, that's why the Bournemouth guys are up there, Charlie Daniels especially, because people are still bringing him in, which I, I understand standing still with it, because he obviously there's fantasy value there. I mean, you're right. He does get forward a lot. The fact that he takes set pieces sometimes it definitely is a benefit. And, you know, I've been wrong on Bournemouth more times this season than I can count. You know, the weeks when you think they're going to show up, they get torched like last week against mm-hmm. Hull. Then the weeks when it looks like they have a tough matchup, they, you know, fucking go ham on Liverpool or some nonsense. But... Yeah, I'm just not on that board right now. Uh, all right, so we've kind of alluded to some stuff that we might be doing this week. Uh, but, Rob, what's your team looking like this week, and have you made any moves? Uh, my team is pretty much the same, except for I made Diego Costa to Harry Kane. Uh, I may make another move. I doubt it. Uh, I have Foster in goal, Alonzo, Peters, Baines, Azpilicueta, Daniels in defense. I have Sanchez, Lalana, Phillips, Stanislas and Kabai is my punt midfielder, which he's more expensive than two of the other ones, but just in, I think it's just an ability, not price. And then my forwards are Ibrahimovic and Kane. I have Negredo. Um, if my if my other move was made, I'd be it'd be Negredo to crouch this week, just to, just to say, just to try to gain the the the, the penny. Right, right. Um, and for me, um, if I make a move, which again I said I, I basically have three strategies. One is just sitting on my free transfer for next week and then doing a defensive shift to get either Vimmer or Davison, whoever looks like they've won that job. 
Um, and then if I did that, the move would be uh, Cedric and Kingsley for uh, Holgate and Vimmer. Um, if I don't do that, uh, I could go this week and swap Origi and Giroud up to Crouch and Kane. Crouch and Kane could both go up in price again this week. So, I mean, you're talking about saving a penny. That's two that I could be missing out on, but that is taking a minus four to see if I believe in that move or not. So th- those are really the two ways that I could go this week. Um, I also thought about changing my goalkeeper situation because I still have Pickford. Um, I don't love Lloris against City this week, obviously. I just don't know if it's worth it to me to just shift to somebody else. I mean, the obvious one is Yakupovich, but as we both mentioned, Hull's matchups are just awful coming soon. Um, don't really trust in Lee Grant as much as I used to. Um, Pickford has obviously out for a while himself and I, I know you've mentioned in the past that you're not too bothered by Vito Minone but I'm, I'm certainly not there yet so uh, those are kind of the three things I could do I, I'm probably I, I want to say I'm going to hold on to my free transfers but I would not be surprised if by match day uh, I had Kane and uh, Crouch both in my squad but only Kane starting mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah. What about captain's choices for you this week? Uh, I've I've seriously had it on Sanchez for like the last six weeks, and I don't think he's blanked in that period. Yeah, uh, so once, I mean, it's, once it's not a bad show. <laughs> against Burnley. <clears throat> Sorry, I know Burnley have a very good defense, but they have a very good home defense. This is at the Emirates. Sanchez continues to put up the stats. Um, I still have Hazard, and mm-hmm. it's, Hazard is being dropped this week. You mentioned he, he, his price either went down or is about to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're about playing to. Hull. Yeah. At Stamford Bridge. What? What is that? Yeah. What are people I, doing? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't see what... Yeah, I don't see what... They just started at the, at the nine position last week. So I, I think that people didn't see any results from it. Yeah. Because, because Marcus Alonso was stealing all the, hi, the highlights. And he so. still had an assist, though. Yeah, but they want more. They're greedy. Fine. First price tag, they're Also, if, if you're like in a mini league and you really need to make some ground, Phillips against Sunderland uh, is pretty tasty. Because Patrick mm-hmm. Van Anhol is only going to be attacking that whole match. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's going to be wide open on that. And and Phillips is is the man right now. We we love him. He's a friend he of the podcast. So good. He won't he won't call in though because he's a jerk. He doesn't want to be seen with us, but we hang out in private. We we ha- I hang out on his property all the time. He doesn't know it. <laughs> what kind of binoculars are you using there, Rob? No, I don't. I have really good eyesight. I have twenty twenty. So. Ah. Fair enough. And by the way, Matt Phillips, if you listen to this podcast, I like what you've done with the living room furniture. Oh, man. just saying, just saying. <laughs> Who you got with that C for you this week? Uh, like like you said, it's 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 probably Sanchez for me uh, going against Swansea. They or no, they don't don't go. They go against Burnley. Burnley. I'm sorry, Burnley. Yeah, Burnley for our, against Arsenal. Um, you know, obtuse thinking for my roster. Maybe maybe throw it on Lalana. Against Swan against Swansea, um, you know Kane against City is tempting because City is garbage. I, I think he does score, but how many does he score? Um, the interesting thing is I'm going four four two also with my team that I mentioned before. So Peters sits the bench, and then I'll have Alonso, Baines, Aspulaqueta, and Daniels in the back. That is sexy. I keep saying that out loud, and it's still sexy. Yeah. Oh, I didn't actually say what my team is this week. As it stands now, uh, I'd be running a three five two. Larice at the back, uh, Jones, Smith, and Coleman. Then in the midfield, rolling five deep. Uh, Phillips, Stanislas, Erickson, Sanchez, Hazard, Ibrahimovic, and Giroud up front. Uh, I, you know what? The more I think about it, I'll probably make that double move up front if we find out Giroud isn't playing. Mm-hmm. If he does play, I don't really see a reason to take a minus to take out Giroud versus Burnley. You know yeah. what I mean? Like That's not a bad matchup. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm just worried that, that Giroud doesn't play this week. I think that with a weaker opponent, he may sit. I don't. I don't I'm remains to be seen, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That's gonna, that's going to be an interesting one for sure. Um, so yeah, just kind of be cautious, kind of keep your your ear to the ground there, folks, to to see if we get any Giroud news before match day. Um, if you don't, sorry, <laughs> it's just going to kind of suck. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we talked a little bit before the show started about a little bit of baseball. How excited are you? That we're about to have baseball back. It's awesome. Pitchers and catchers in like less than thirty days right now. It's it's quite awesome. I mean, I know baseball starts because I started writing for fantasy baseball on Rasball.com. So catch my articles in the upcoming week. They'll be probably two a week from now until September. So bonkers, it, man. Including my uh, all my soccer coverage on the site. You'll enjoy me uh, talking about baseball too. Hey, nice. Um, oh well, I guess that was kind of your outro. Yeah, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie. Man, that was so natural. That was crazy. (laughs) Um, I'm Matt Kevroff. I'm Kevin DeVries. Uh, You can also find us on the EPL Roundtable Twitters. Uh, If you have any fantasy questions, you can email us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Just put fantasy as the topic. Um, What else we got? Oh, we also do things for VIPBet.com. These also go out overall on SportsTalk.com. What do we got? Uh, Sometimes we mess around with Taga. Uh, sometimes not. Sometimes they aren't as super chill with us. But, you know, it's fine. Starting their own show and stuff. Whatever. John. <laughs> let's find out if you listen to the show. <laughs> oh, oh. On, on a side note, anybody yeah. listening to this, I will hope be hosting a, a live uh, chat on, on playtaga.com on a Thursday. Time to be announced, but check check your local, oh, local listings on Taga. Probably between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, come by, ask your regular questions, your Taga questions. I'll be glad to answer them. And, uh, Stop by. It'll uh, be punch, punch and pie. Punch I guess and it'll pie. be nice to target this week. Punch and um, pie. <laughs> fair enough. All right. Well, Rob, uh, good for you to plug that. I hope people go see that. Uh, in the meantime, we hope your teams do well. Hopefully, this advice helped. Maybe it didn't. Maybe you had a few. Maybe you had a laugh or two. You know? Oh, well, more than two. Maybe I, I maybe, la- maybe you realized that you aren't I laughed mad more about than fantasy. Twice. I maybe, chortled. Maybe you're just mad with yourself, and that's okay. You know, you don't always have to pretend to be happy. There's there's dark times in life sometimes. It's how you deal with those situations that really strengthens your resolve, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I like laughing. I laugh all the time. I try to make people laugh around me all the time. I even try to make them chortle. Oh, snap. You make them chortle? Dang. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. Well, anyway, I uh, hope your fantasy teams do well. And uh, in the interim, we're going to go be ridiculous human beings off air. Uh, but you have a good life, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.